I'm going to tell you about a story about a man who had a good day in the outback, or was it a bad day? Hi, I'm Adri, and I'm going to teach you about a spicy legend. And I'm Chelsea, and I'm going to talk to you about a few members of the Jackson family. What do all of these stories have to do with heat? Find out in this week's episode of History Bluffs. Welcome to another episode of History Bluffs, where truth is stranger than fiction. And now I want to welcome to the show, it's your host, Chris. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of History Bluffs. So glad to have you here. Uh, we are excited for this week's show. We have our three armchair historians and we have our judge as well, and uh, our judge will be joining us momentarily, but let's meet everyone. There she is. Hello. Okay. Yes, yes. Put your camera back on. So uh, we will start, actually, we will start with Katie. Hello, Katie. How are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you? I am doing well, thank you. Katie is going to be our judge for this evening, so she will help us determine some questions and, and uh, direct some conversations about the stories that we hear from our three historians. And our three historians are Adri, Chelsea, and Carlos. And I'll start in that order. Hello, Adri. Hello, Chris. So uh, a, a real quick question, and this is going to be the same question for all three of you. Uh, Adri, I'm going to go with you first. Um, there is um, red hot. There is white hot. What would be a third color hot, and what would it indicate? Blue hot. Blue hot. What's blue hot mean? It's the heat of blue fruits in the uh, summer. Okay. But also, you know, good oxi good oxidants. Uh, Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea's there. Everyone give Chelsea a hand. Thank you very much. Chelsea is joining us. Uh, Chelsea, what is your, what's your answer? There's red hot, there's white hot, and what hot? Blue hot came to mind, too, because if you have a lighter going at the very, very uh, bottom in the middle, it's blue. So that's got to count for something. Yes, it does. I'm I'm painfully familiar with that. Uh, and Carlos, everyone uh, joining us as our third historian. Carlos, what say you? Red hot, white hot, and what hot? Purple hot, Chris, because purple hot is how people feel when they were around the, the, the artist formerly known as Prince. He got the mob purple hot and bothered with just his, his <laughs> essence, his attitude, R.I.P. R.I.P. Rest in Prince. Of course, if you did Rest get uh, if you did get overwhelmed by, by Prince, they, they gave you a, a purple hot for that. Um, so, um, <laughs> uh, Katie, <laughs> thank you. So, first of many wow. others, I believe tonight. Wow, <laughs> undeserved. Uh, so, Katie, what what uh, what do you say, real quick, about those three uh, iterations of the blank hot? Well, listen, luckily for you, I am really good at judging. My ex says I'm very judgmental. So you've pulled the right person for this. Uh, I, blue hot was clearly the scientifically correct answer because blue heat burns hotter than red heat. But uh, while Chelsea did a scientific explanation, uh, it was a repeat. So, wow. okay. so I win. Yeah. Thank you very much, guys. See you next week. All right. All right. Well, uh, with that, as Adam indicated, our show tonight is uh, based on the word heat, inspired by the word heat. 
our three historians will True. will regale us with with historical facts about the word he uh adam would you please put up the card to show us how this game is played you know i will we've got rules here are the rules chris all right so our historians are inspired by the topic of course tonight's topic is heat and we have two historians telling true stories one of them is bluffing the true stories are factual stories the bluff story might have factual people and locations in it uh, but the premise of this bluff story is fictional we ask no audience help during the rounds meaning Please don't look up anything to debunk one of our stories or to prove one of our stories. I know, I know. There, there will be time for that. But we ask that you don't do that during the three rounds. Uh, we save that for the end when we would find out who is indeed the bluff because only Adam knows who the bluff is. Only Adam Artek knows who the bluff is. So uh, mentioning is three rounds, that's true. Uh, mentioning three rounds, we have three rounds is how this game works. The Each historian will start off with 75 seconds in round one to tell their story. And then we'll go to round two and shorten that time frame to 60 seconds. And then in round three, we will shorten it even more for the finale round. That will be 45 seconds long each person has to finish their story. With that, Adam, yes. will you take us to round number one? Let's do it. Round number one. All right. So we are going to round number one and... Above my head on screen here, Adam is going to put up our round tracker 9,000. That's going to help us keep track of how many of the rounds, the stories in each round we have heard. Um, so I'm going to go in the order that I see, folks, and, and that is uh, Adri. You're going to go first, please. Uh, so, Adri, I'm going to put you into the center square. Here you are. And when you hear the boom and you see the sundial, you have uh, 75 seconds for your opening round story. The floor is yours. Okay. Uh, my story is about a Californian man named Greg Foster and his six-time Guinness World Records. Uh, growing up, Greg and his brother Will developed a pepper-eating rivalry that eventually became a passion, and they started growing peppers in their backyard. That turned into a farm, which is appropriately called Inferno Farms, uh, and they make their own hot sauce from it, so you might know them from that. Um, a bit of backstory so that you can understand the magnitude of their achievements, or more so Greg's achievements. Um, one of the peppers that they grow on their farm is the legendary Carolina Reaper pepper, which averages 1.6 million scovels, which for context, a pepperoncini is 100 to 500 scovels, and Tabasco is 30 to 50,000 scovels. So this is an extremely, extremely hot pepper. Uh, eating a Carolina Reaper will generally cause intense sweating, vomiting, increased heart rate, difficulty breathing, etc. And it's not recommended because it hurts your stomach like crazy. Um, it's even caused some headaches and death, which I'll talk about in the next round. All right. Well done. Well done. Um, let's get some thoughts on uh adri's opening story and I, i'm going to start with our other historians first and then we'll go to judge katie uh chelsea what did you think of adri's opening salvo there i'm interested in you know we're seeing where it's going we all watch hot ones some of this is common knowledge i wonder if it's about a hot ones 
something to to go into that but it's a hot mm. topic i'm not i'm not no pun intended Ooh. all right carlos what carlos what do you think of adri's opening round well you know there's a lot of pepper in this story and it's a little i'm getting a little salty until we get to some real facts here chris okay all right salty right now no a pepper, salty just salty a little salty all right well, let's bring uh, Katie up. Katie, you know, it's, it's interesting. At first, I thought I heard Carolina Reefer, not Carolina Reaper, which is a completely different sensation. Uh, <laughs> what, what, did you, what did you think of Adri's story? Well, listen, I like spicy things, uh, right? Uh, so I was in immediately. Although you said uh, Inferno Farms, you may know them from there. I don't. And I don't appreciate that you introduced me to someone I don't know personally. So... I'm thinking that uh, this might be the bluff. Ooh, all right. Opening, My apologies. Opening My doubt. Apologies. Opening, opening round doubt right out of the gate. I love it. All right. <laughs> we are going to move on to our second historian for round number one, and that's going to be Chelsea. And Chelsea, we're going to put you in the center square here, and then uh, you're going to have 75 seconds for your opening round. When you hear the boom and see the sundial come up, the floor is yours. All right, so some of you may have heard of a man named Michael Jackson before. Um, Michael Jackson uh, was part of the Jackson Five with his brothers. And, you know, contrary to popular belief, they were, you know, pretty successful musical group. Just kidding. Um, they were <laughs> huge, and they actually together signed a deal with PepsiCo um, to do multiple promotions. Um, and one of those included a commercial for Mr. Michael Jackson himself. So on said uh, commercial shoot for Pepsi, um, Michael actually caught on fire, not just his jacket, but also his hair caught on fire and his brothers, they, the, they were the ones to help put that fire out. And, um, and yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was not a great scene. He had to be rushed to the hospital. He kept it light, fans saw him, no hair on his head. Um, but this story is about another member of the Jackson family who may have also caught on fire. Ooh. Intrigue at the end there. Uh, Carlos, what did you think of Chelsea's first round with a little teaser at the end there? Well, you know, first of all, I mean, you know, lightning doesn't strike twice, and I don't think fires strike twice in the same family at different times at least. Uh, the only thing on fire here, Chris, are Chelsea's pants. They're on fire, fire, because she's a liar, liar. Wow. Her pants Whoa. are on fire. Okay. <laughs> That's a okay. bluff call. That's a bluff that, call if I ever heard that it. That is an accusation indeed. Yeah, I'm calling the bluff right now. All right. All right. Uh, Adri, what would you think of Chelsea's story? I'm really interested to see where it's going to go. Everybody knows the story about Michael being set on fire. Uh, so I'm intrigued because I don't know where it's going to go from here. Okay. But we'll see. All right. And uh, Katie, what, what's, uh, what's your take on Chelsea's story, Katie? All right. We know Michael Jackson catching on fire for the Pepsi commercial is true. I've watched every episode of VH1's I Love Those, and that was definitely part of at least one of those episodes. However, I'm really curious to see where this twist ending goes. And if you don't mention my favorite Jackson, Janet, at some point, you're going to have a problem. 
Oh, oh. <laughs> a, a warning laid down, a warning laid down. With that warning in our ears, we're going to move to Carlos for our third and final historian to tell us the opening round of their story. Carlos, when you hear the boom and you see the sundial, you have 75 seconds for your round one. The floor is yours. Okay, we're going to go way back in history, even farther back than the 80s. I'm talking about the early <laughs> 70s. I'm talking about Ricky McGee from Australia, Mike. All right. Ricky McGee was born in Gippsland, Victoria. Uh, his childhood was, for the most part, a happy one until the family moved to Melbourne. Then some not-so-cool stuff happened. We don't need to get into it. It's not important for the story. Uh, he worked in a variety of jobs. He was an everyman. He did uh, carpet salesman, pawn fisherman, nightclub doorman. Oh, that's AKA bouncer, electrician, even a bailiff. But eventually he went to jail after getting into a fight in Perth, as well as some drug offenses. Okay, that takes us to 2006, the aughts, where our story truly begins. Because what's hotter than the Australian outback desert? And what's even hotter than that being stuck in that desert, left stranded, and having to fend for yourself, which is what happened to Ricky McGee. You see, he was offered work in a government department in Port Hedland, Western Australia. We'll tell more after the round. All right. Well, Chelsea, what did you think of Carlos's opening round there? Just the name of your character. It's not real. Like, come on. <laughs> so, I don't know. The drugs and then the government. I don't know. I'm not so far-fetched. A lot of skepticism. A lot of skepticism. Adri, do you agree about I, Ricky McGee? I do very much agree about Ricky McGee. Uh, I also agree that Carlos put a lot of fluffy words in there uh, to describe like one thing. He used like 25 words. He's a modern day Hemingway. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of skeptical right now. I think um, I think Carlos got some some bribery happening here. Possibly some bribery happening indeed. But we did have an audience member that thought his interesting is uh, his story is interesting though. Okay, so thank you, Dee, for that. Uh, and uh, Katie, what what do you uh, what do you think so far of that round uh, that that final story from from Carlos and also the overall first round? Well, obviously Carlos is uh, in enough shame that he had to hide his face after that round. Right, right. He's missing a lot of details. He's just skipping over all the bad stuff from childhood. Childhood trauma is what makes the story. And then he says, our story starts in the 2000s. Well, your story started 20 seconds ago in the 70s. Which one is it, Carlos? Mm -hmm. But overall, I, uh, I enjoy our different takes on heat in the round. Uh, probably Carlos' story is my favorite because everyone knows all Australians are hot. <laughs> oh, there it is. All, all right. All Australians are yeah. hot. Well, uh, that being said, we are going to move to round number two. And, and for those of you that are watching live, uh, yeah, Carlos is off at the moment, um, uh, but we'll get him back momentarily. I think he'll be back. He just, yeah, he'll be back. He might be, he's shutting off his record player who's playing me and Bobby McGee in the background. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. so, he's Googling uh, better stories. Touche. Them fighting words. Chelsea. All right. So, Adam, you know what that does? That gets yeah. us to, are we going round to round two? two. Yes, round sir. number two. Let's go. <laughs> 
All there right. Mm. For round number two, we are going to switch up the order a little bit, and we're going to start with Chelsea. Uh, okay. So, Chelsea, we're going to bring you out, and uh, and if, if Carlos can't get his camera back, uh, we'll just move on and, and, and let him double up on round three uh, in terms of time. So, uh, Chelsea, we're going to have you uh, come to the center square where you are now, and when you see the sundial and hear the boom, you have 60 seconds in this round to uh, tell us your second round of your story. Floor is yours. Well, Katie's going to be real happy because next part is about Miss Jackson, if you nasty. So in 1997, Janet Jackson embarked on her Velvet Rope tour. Some of you may have seen the HBO special live in Madison Square Garden, but she also took that to uh, Europe, Japan, New Zealand, Africa, and Australia. So um, she performed this internationally and it was huge. There were, it was the first of its time with all of the intricate costume changes, the intense choreography and state of the art pyrotechnics. And, you know, uh, some of the um, promotion for the concert was actually banned because of the adult suggestive materials, even caused some car accidents in England. Um, but not the scariest thing that happened. Ooh. Good timing there, Chelsea. All right, we'll hear more about that in round three. But for now, Carlos, what did you think of the second round of Chelsea's story? Uh, you know, I heard Janet Jackson's name. And if we're now supposed to believe that Janet Jackson caught on fire at some point, I think we would have heard about that, if that's what's being presented. Okay, all right. Um, well, wow. Adri, Adri, what, what, what do you think, Adri? Well, first of all, everyone knows it's not Janet Jackson that causes accidents in England. It's the terrible weather. So, <laughs> red flags over uh, here. Okay. I also thought that she named every continent or major country that the tour went on. Simple world tour would have covered it. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I feel like a lot of filler. A lot of filler. A lot of, lot of filler there. Uh, so yeah, right. that's what I'm focusing on right now. All right, Katie, what do you what do you think, Katie? All right, listen, Chelsea mentioned Janet Jackson, adult situations, and Australia, which we have previously established to be hot. So uh, ten out of ten, I got no notes. Okay, <laughs> all right, very good, very good. Um, so if we look back at the round tracker nine thousand, we can see we have two more spots in the second round to go. So we're going to bring out Carlos to do his second round story. Carlos, you're going to be in center square. When you see the sundial and you hear the boom, you have 60 seconds to do this round two of your story. Begin at your leisure. I have less than 60 seconds. We'll see what I can do here. Okay, so <laughs> McGee was traveling to his new job in Western Australia. He was driving a 2001 Mitsubishi. He took the Burntine Highway, uh, which for most of, its, most of the journey is a desert track across the outback of the Northern Territory. Now, what happened, he's a little fuzzy. Either he, either the, the, the car broke down or he was drugged by a hitchhiker. He claims that he recalls possibly being, picking up a hitchhiker and he thinks that the hitchhiker may have drugged his drink between the towns of Kalkaringi and Halls Creek uh, and then just took the drink. Um, you know, he allowed his passenger to open a drink for him. Don't let people open your own drinks when you don't know them. All right. 
Um, okay, <laughs> so now advice. he finds himself stuck in the desert, and ultimately he is stuck in the desert for 70 days, you all. 71 days. How does he survive? I'll tell you after the break. Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, Adrian, <laughs> what did you think of Carlos's tale? I think it's McGee? extreme. Somebody to, did he say 70 days surviving? 70, in seven zero, yes. That is literally probably impossible. I was watching something about kangaroos having to lick themselves to stay cool in the deserts of, <laughs> of, of Australia. I highly doubt a human can lick themselves enough to survive. <laughs> That's what I'm... I, I'd like uh, to find out. I'm willing I'm, to try. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ch Chelsea, what did you think? I don't even know what to say. I mean, and then at the end, was it 70 days? Was it 71 days? It's, 71. you know, what's more? What, what what else can we throw out there? I, I'm not buying it. Chelsea didn't know what to say, and apparently neither did I. That I, I, I was the first. I, I, I was... I was Speechless at Carl's end of his story there. Sorry, um, I didn't include so. any fires in my story. <laughs> well, Katie, what do you think, Katie? Um, uh, what do you, do you think of Carlos's second round there? All right, Carlos, I'm going to give it to you straight here. Uh, you started out uh, pretty weak on that story, saying, I don't know if I have 60 seconds. And uh, my biggest <laughs> pet peeve is people who waste my time. And you wasted five whole seconds of my time telling me you didn't have 60 seconds and still ran over at the end. 70, 71, maybe it would have been clear if you hadn't given us that monologue before your story. Is this oh. story I don't know. I no longer care about hot Australians. That's what you've done to me. <gasps> Whoa, oh, my wow. God. Strong words, strong oh, words. Up there. Boy, just, oh, right. Gotta get a bill for those seconds. I was gonna wow. say, if we were in a courtroom, I think you'd be in chambers there, Carlos. So we're gonna bring out so. Adrian now to come up to the screen. Uh, and Adrian, when you see the sundial come up and you hear the boom, you have 60 seconds to tell us your round two story. Please begin now. All right. So to conclude my, my last bit of information from the previous one, in 2015, a 15-year-old ate a Carolina Reaper, instantly developed a really bad headache, and two days later had a cerebral stroke. That's how dangerous these peppers can be. Now, go back to Greg and his brother, Will. Um, the farm slowly took off and Greg decided he was going to enter a pepper eating competition. And in November, 2016, he set his first world record by eating 18 Carolina Reapers in a minute, setting the world record. Soon after that, he set another Guinness world record by eating three, but Jolokia chilies, which have a Scoville rating of 800,000 to 1 million in just 7.47 seconds. Um, in December, 2021, he set his third world record by eating three Carolina Reapers in just 8.72 seconds. And he's gonna set one more in the next segment. And I'm very excited to tell you about it. And how he's okay. done. Okay. Sounds like dangerous eating habits if I ever heard any. Uh, yes. Carlos, what you, Carlos, what do you think of Adri's story there? I, uh, I think we have our Kaiser Soze moment of the episode, Chris. Uh -oh. uh, I think Adriana just said, but she did. Pepper. So what's happening is on the, what we can't see in front of Adriana 
is an open magazine with a butt that she was looking at before the episode, uh, a little plate of Jello, a snack, a during episode snack, and her Kia, which is outside of her place. And that's how she constructed that nonsense fake word for her fake story. Okay. There it is. Uh, Sounds right. Sounds right indeed. Uh, Chelsea, what do you think? I just have a hard time believing on a human level that if your sibling had a stroke from doing something that you would continue to keep competing. Like it wasn't his parents. Like you'd be like, I'm done. I'm done. It wasn't his sibling. It was just a regular human being. Like just another, another regardless, regardless, regardless. Yeah. I'd be scared. Nope. Thanks. I'm done. Hmm. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Katie, yeah. Katie, what do you think so far of this? Well, uh, after eating all those peppers, my guess is the next world record he set was for most diarrhea. Uh, <laughs> kind of like the verbal diarrhea that was that word of that definitely fake made up pepper. Listen, I'm losing the thread here, Adriana. We've got two brothers. Really, only one of them does anything in this story. We've got this teenage kid who has a stroke. I'm just I'm waiting to see how this all goes together. Waiting to see how this all goes together, as we all are, and we will all find out in the third round, which, Adam, let's go to the third round. Round tracker's full. Let's go to round number three. All right. Here we are. So here is the money round. This is where each of our historians will wrap up their story in 45 seconds and give us a conclusion so that we can have some information, enough information to decipher their story and figure out if we think they are the bluff or they are telling a truthful story. And we are going to begin round number three with Carlos. So Carlos, please come on out and tell us what happened to Ricky McGee. Make sure I don't waste any time here. Here Not gonna waste any time at all. Just gonna (laughs) jump in. All right, here we go, jumping in now. All right, so he was exhausted out in the desert. The Tanami, the Tanami Desert, yes. But he found insects, leeches to eat, snakes, ants, lizards, edible plants. He drank water from various dams and water holes, okay? It was wet season, so he was able to survive. He baked in the day. He was frozen at night. He got heat exhaustion. He lost consciousness. But eventually he was discovered about 50 kilometers from Berindadu Station about 500 kilometers southwest of Catherine, Northern Territory. The local station hands rescued him. They're known as Jack Roos, and now he's, he survived. He's okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, my. What an, little, I'm, I'm on the edge little, of my seat, Chris. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just like um, the Foster Brothers. Um, so uh, uh, let's start with Chelsea. I don't, Chelsea, I don't think this think is of- a good sign. You you spent the beginning eating up more time by saying you were not going to eat up more time. I don't understand. No, and I, then I, spoke I, nonsense. I again, I it's, this is a no brainer. A no brainer. Organizing the time. I was organizing it to use it. Oh. And, and I, I might add, for the record, he lost three hundred points for the atrocious Australian accent attempt. Uh, Andrew, what did you? Uh, Andrew, what did you think? Appeal. Appeal. <laughs> My brain shut down at edible pants. Uh, but then also my brain was trying to find 
who McGee was at all? Like, was he just a person that survived? Is there any element of of excitement to the story? I don't know. Because I don't know he what I just listened 71 to. 71 days in the desert. What do you mean? Is there any element of excitement? <laughs> I'd eat my pants too then. Yeah. That's very true. About that. There are movies about that. <laughs> Katie, uh, Katie he's, pretty, he's pretty defensive. What do you think, Katie? Um, Carlos, first of all, you know what you did. Uh, second of all, uh, did you ever watch Survivor? Yes, I have watched Survivor. Yeah. Yes. Well, then we all know the best season of Survivor was season two when it was out in the outback. And uh, right now, I would like to vote you out of the tribe. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, we'll have time for that in a little I while. I second that. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, all right, peppers. But- let us go on now and find our second conclusion of the story. And we're going to go back yes. to Adri. And Adri, let's hear your wrap-up. You're going to have 45 seconds to wrap up your story. When you hear the bang and you see the um, sundial on screen, and the floor is yours. All right. So his f- most recent record that he set, he set six in, in all, but his most recent was December 2021. He set a world record by eating, uh, I'm sorry, September 2022, by eating 10 Carolina Reaper peppers in 33.15 seconds. Asked about the experience afterwards, he said it was pretty painful and like drinking from a flamethrower. Hmm. Um, and one of the things that, that these people who compete in these these exercises have to do is uh, within seconds of finishing they they swallow it they open their mouth ah, and then the judge says okay you can go puke and so he drinks a like a half gallon of milk and then regurgitates everything out and then he looks at the camera and he goes that was like liquid lava okay <laughs> liquid lava i i uh, remember seeing some contests like that in, in college except there was no peppers involved um so uh uh, Chelsea, what'd you think uh, of Adri's story there? This whole story is just giving me an ulcer. In, in every <laughs> That's how I feel about it. Well True. put, well put. Carlos, what do you think? I think that if this person is real, then they need to reach out to the people at Tums. Okay. Yep. I don't. Katie, Katie, give us your thoughts on on Adri's wrap up. Uh, one time, I ate a ghost pepper out of my best friend's yard because it tasted good. And then an hour later, it felt like I was being stabbed in the stomach for an hour until I threw it up. Um, so uh, you lose a million points for making me relive that traumatic memory. <laughs> okay. Well, that being said, uh, Adam, let's take a look at the track. Or 9,000. We have one spot left, and that, of course, is for Chelsea. So we're going to bring Chelsea out. And Chelsea, you're going to be in the middle screen here. Uh, when you hear the boom and you see the sundial, you have 45 seconds to wrap up your story about the Jackson 5. The floor is yours. Again, this is not the Jackson 5. They were just the beginning. This is about Miss Janet Jackson. So on the Velvet Rope Tour, it is 1997. Sorry, Katie. It's not what happened in Australia. It is what happened in Japan. So when she was in Japan, her concert was going off without a hitch. Everything was great. And then um, her her final encore song um, was called Go Deep. And again, there is 
costumes, there are props, there's pyro, it's 97. Um, her costume caught fire. Her dancer tried to put it out, couldn't, didn't miss a note. Nice. She didn't miss a note and you didn't miss a beat. Well done. Wow. Uh, so, uh, Carlos, what do you think of that wrap up on the Janet Jackson fire story? I know you have already said that you didn't think twice in one family is possible. Okay, well, now I'm having doubts. We know that Janet has had issues with wardrobe malfunctions because her pieces are so easy to remove. So it stands to reason that a backup dancer could have taken off the fire portion of her outfit quickly. So there may be there may be some truth to this. Although, again, I think wow. we all would have heard if Janet Jackson caught on fire. Interesting. And Carlos, you're not the only one asking about Jackson caught on fire in the 80s. That's right. And and D, our our audience member, D, uh, had a good question there about whether the same malfunction happened in that episode as the uh, more famous one. Uh, Agey, what did you think of Carlos? uh, I'm sorry. What did you think of Chelsea's uh, wrap up there? Well, I think it was um, cuddled in a lot of facts. I do know the album well, so Go Deep is a song on there. Uh, but again, I've uh, been a big fan of the Jacksons my whole life, and I've never heard of this situation. Could it be? Could it be that the wardrobe malfunction of 2003 just overshadowed it? It's wow. a big possibility. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Katie, what's what's your take here on Chelsea's uh, final round? Well, again, huge Janet Jackson fan. Uh, it makes the most sense that she's the most professional out of all of them, and. Hey, Carlos, did you hear how she started her story on time and then also finished it on time? No notes. Very, very pro. Yeah. He, he claims Wait, the one hour time difference. On time, she went over. Uh, she, like, no, I was going a little bit. Well, I went over. She, she finished she on did time. Not. She did not. So uh, we oh, now oh, come oh. to the point of the show Whoa. where we have to determine, you know, which. So we're going to. Oh, go through real quick, and we're going to have a quick conversation here to find out which uh, of our historians think the of the other historians. We're going to find out who Katie believes is the uh, is the bluff. And we, anyone uh, online, if you want to throw in a comment and let us know who you think the bluff is, we'll we'll be happy to tally those votes as well. Uh, so let's start with um, let's start with Adri. Uh, Adri, who do you think is the bluff? I'm not even going to hesitate. I'm pretty sure it was Carlos. Okay. Adrian says Carlos. Uh, Chelsea, what do you think? I can't even excuse it with a straight face. Like, it's obviously Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> obviously Carlos. All right. And uh, Carlos, what do you think? I Let's get some more time, Carlos. Come on. Adrian. No, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go with Chelsea. Chelsea wow. and her fake on time. <gasps> Story about Janet Jackson, oh. her Nation right. Janet Jackson story. All right, Katie, as our judge, who do you think is the bluff? Okay, there's a lot to consider here. Yeah, I mean, Adriana had a lot of facts in her story, but they all sounded really made up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've lost the thread of the brothers. We briefly have that 15-year-old that doesn't matter again. Easy, <laughs> easy made-up story, right? Uh, but then we have Carlos. <laughs> None of those names sounded real, which is why I genuinely believe it happened in Australia. 
However, <laughs> my favorite story was Chelsea's today. It was unbelievably good, which is why I don't believe it. So I'm Ooh. saying that the bluff is Chelsea. Whoa. Oh, all right. We have Chelsea vote from our judge, Katie. And we also have a Chelsea vote from our audience member, D. Uh, so let us find out, Adam. Uh, we have two votes for Carlos, three votes for Chelsea. But let's find out who really is the bluff. All right. I and I alone hold the knowledge. Uh, Chris, I'm going to have you step off our virtual stage. And Judge Katie, would you also please step off the virtual stage? And we're going to line up our perpetrators right here. And we will line them up in the bluff holes for those of you who can see. If you're just listening to the audio podcast and play along. Was your bluff tonight? Could it have been Adri? Was the bluff Chelsea? Or could the bluff have been Carlos? I and I alone know. Be prepared. The bluff. Tonight. It was Chelsea. I was really hoping that I got you with Janet Jackson. I, 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 I googled you, but I didn't. Really, really hoping that wow. that was going to be in my favor. I knew it. Wow. <laughs> I'm more upset that Carlos' story is real than that yours is fake. <laughs> yeah. I, Are I, you I, upset that the man survived uh, 70 days in the desert? <laughs> I'm more concerned that, that we've got two bluffs than one. It's a survivor. Yeah. Is it? Is there? Is it possible that there was a miscommunication and we had two bluffs this week? <laughs> that, that, that is always oh, possible. No. I, I also I it's do want to share possible. one. I want to share one uh, last comment from D. Adri said a person had a stroke, so she'd be evil genius if she was bluffing. Just, just so you, for future <laughs> reference, that's a, a great comment from that's D. There. True. Um, that's, so yes. uh, wow, I I really thought it was Carlos as well. Um, yeah. So nice job, Chelsea. Good job, Chelsea. I won. Yay! Yeah, good, good job. Here. Wait, nobody picked me, so I won. Oh. How does this work? (laughs) (laughs) And on on that note, it's time to go before we get too deep into the rules. Oh, (laughs) good work, everyone. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's right. We have uh, had so much fun with tonight's episode. Thank you all for watching and joining in with comments. Uh, I want to thank, of course, Adam, our extraordinaire tech. Just give it up for Adam. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Give it up for Katie, our judge. And, of course, our historians, Adri, Carlos, and our bluff, Chelsea. Thank you so much. Great job, everyone. And I'm going to hand it off to Adam, and we will see you all soon. Adam, take us away. You got it. Thank you for joining History Bluffs. We enjoyed having you. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Watch us on Twitch or listen where you get your podcasts. See you next time.